Brought to you by Book It Sports. As always, it's your boy Justin Pora coming to you on Friday, February 26th. Have a lot of good stuff to get into officially a week away from All-Star Weekend. Getting some All-Star Game news, a couple of replacements for some injuries that we're going to talk about. Ones that I may have predicted. Uh, I didn't think that you know Kevin Durant would miss the game, but since that's come out, We knew who his replacement was going to be, and we're happy to see him get the nod. We'll get into that in a little bit, but first, as always, got to talk about the Book It Sports app, the best sports social media platform for sports gamblers and those who just love talking about sports. Get all your lines, follow your favorite handicappers, follow me for my NBA picks. It's the best place to go for all things sports gambling. Go check out the Book It Sports app. We have a lot of good things to get into. We will have the Pora Power Rankings on the Tuesday show. Have a fun announcement we'll bring to you next week for what we're doing for next week's Friday episode as the first half of the NBA season concludes on Thursday of next week. Then we have the All-Star Game Sunday and the schedule was released. We'll get into a couple of the big notes in that one as well. But first, let's talk about a team that's been struggling a little bit lately. A team that I think a lot of people had high hopes for coming into the season. A team that made the Eastern Conference Finals last year, but has struggled as the first half of the season is coming to a close. And that is the Boston Celtics. Now, the Celtics are losers of three straight games. And, you know, of course you lose to the Pelicans in what was... An overtime game came to the wire on national television. Then on national TV, again, you lose to Luka Magic. At the last second, he just pulls something out of his hat from beyond the three-point line, something he did against the Clippers in the bubble last year. But then you get blown out, really, by the Atlanta Hawks in Georgia. Now you have a big test tonight, Friday night, on ESPN against the Indiana Pacers. The Celtics now under 500, and when you look at the top teams in the Eastern Conference, it's really hard to see how they stack up. Now, let's keep in mind they're missing Marcus Smart, who's been dealing with, I believe, a calf injury over the last few weeks, and a lot of people would argue that he's the second most important player on this Celtics team, but you could tell that they really, really miss him. They miss his defensive tenacity because, you know, this team doesn't really have problems scoring. I mean, you look at the games that they've lost recently, 107 against the Mavericks, 112 against the Hawks, 115 against the Pelicans. Yes, it was an overtime, but they put up a lot. But when you don't have Marcus Smart out there defending the best player on the floor for the opposition, it could get hard for you to do exactly what you want to do as a team. But that's not the point. The point is that the Celtics have been so reluctant to go out, pay a superstar, get these guys, because they have trust in this young core just thinking 
oh, they'll get better, they'll get better, that'll be the team that will take us to the promised land. Well, this is a team that hasn't made the NBA Finals since Paul Pierce was in town, since Kevin Garnett was in town. And, you know, they went aggressive, they got Kyrie Irving, they were hoping he would be that guy, and obviously Kyrie left him in the mud, and now they're kind of putting all in their eggs in the Jason Tatum basket, that he will be the superstar to take them all the way. And yes, he's a young player, still in his very young 20s, he's my age, I'm 22 years old, but there doesn't seem to be a light at the end of this tunnel. From my perspective. I mean you look at. The Sixers. They have Embiid and Simmons. And the Nets have. The three headed monster. of KD, Kyrie and Harden. The Bucks have Giannis. And. They. This Celtics team with. Yes Jason Tatum's an all star. Jalen Brown's an all star. You know Kemba Walker. Who the hell knows what happened to him. But they just don't stack up with these teams. And I don't see how they're going to stack up in the future with these teams. Jason Tatum, for as good as he is as a scorer, is still kind of making these same rush decisions at the end of games that we've seen over the last couple of years. Can he lead a team? And now the question starts to become, oh, is Brad Stevens the coach there? I didn't hear anyone complaining about Brad Stevens when they went to an Eastern Conference Finals, you know, off of Isaiah Thomas's back. So now all of a sudden it's his fault. Well, I think the blame has to go to Danny Ainge. The team just isn't good enough. Jason Tatum is a great player in this league. He's not a superstar, at least not yet. And his running mate is Jalen Brown. He's good. He made an all-star team this year. He's not out of this world. He's not someone you want in the NBA playoffs with games on the line. You know, I'm out here talking about Marcus Smart being the most important player to this team. Is he a a star in anyone's mind in the NBA? And look, you can look at all the teams ahead of them right now. You know, the Raptors kind of have that same collection, but no one's talking about them winning an NBA championship. They don't have that expectation. Because they did it two years ago with Kawhi Leonard. And the Bucks have been not quite there. I think they kind of have a similar problem, but it's obvious that Giannis is a superstar level player. That's not something the Boston Celtics have. And it's something they've been in discussions of trying to get. And they've never pulled the trigger. And that's why the team has always been holding back in the playoffs. They were in on Anthony Davis. They didn't give up enough. They were in on James Harden. They didn't give up enough. Instead, they look more at the complementary players that could shine on small teams, but just aren't great in the big moments. They went big on Gordon Hayward. Didn't work out. They went big on Kemba Walker. Didn't work out. And now they're just letting two young 20-year-olds run the show. And this is a team with championship expectations year after year. And yes, the main problem with how the team is constructed now, 
I think you could blame a lot of it on Kyrie Irving ditching town because they expected him to be the superstar to lead them. Well, he's not one of those guys. He's a number two. And I think Jason Tatum just isn't at the point in his career to play a number one. He got outmatched at the end of games by Zion Williamson. Outmatched at the end of games by Luka Doncic. Trey Young was toying with the Celtics. And so was Danilo Gallinari on Wednesday night. These are not guys that a team of the prestige of the Boston Celtics should be okay with losing to and falling to sub-500 in the Eastern Conference. Making the playoffs and winning a playoff series for the Boston Celtics in the East is not good enough. Not at this point. Not when they've been close every single year. They got to do it officially. And it's not going to be this year. So now with free agency next year, they really got to make different moves because the team is currently constructed. I don't even know if they can win a playoff series. If they get matched up against the Bucks or the Nets or the Sixers again, yes, they swept the Sixers last year. Not going to be the same story this year. I'll tell you that right now. The Sixers might sweep them. So, look, if you want to blame Brad Stevens, go ahead. But the team, as constructed at this point in time, simply is not good enough to get you anywhere in the NBA playoffs. And the Celtics keep talking about wanting to win a championship. You know, you're supposed to get the big-time guys when you have the young core around them so that you could spend money on them. Well, now you're going to have to pay Jason Tatum. And you're going to have to pay Jalen Brown. Who do you get after that? Most of the free agents are locked up now. You wanted to go after Giannis? Nope, nope, nope. Kevin Durant? Nope. We don't know what the Kawhi Leonard situation is, but I wouldn't see him going to Boston. So they're in a really bad situation. I would say as bad as most teams in the league because they have the young guys that they're going to have to start paying. No real superstar. And it's showing in the win-loss record. Hopefully, you know, if you're a Celtics fan, you hope that the team could take the all-star break to reset, figure things out, get Marcus Smart back. Kemba Walker could maybe figure it out. But with everything into consideration, most importantly, the roster of talent, I just don't see it happening. Not this year. Not next year. And it didn't happen last year, so when is it going to happen? I have no idea. It's a really, really bad situation for the Boston Celtics. All right, let's hit on a couple other things. Uh, Zion Williamson is an absolute beast. We watched Thursday night the Pelicans go into Milwaukee, take on the Bucks. Pelicans cover an eight-point spread. It was close in the last minute and a half of that game. And Giannis, in the end, was just too good. And the Pelicans don't play enough defense to be able to stop him. But the main takeaway for me is Zion Williamson is an absolute stud. I think at this point, already a top 15 player in the NBA. The kid had 34 points, 30 in the paint. He only went to the free throw line five times? That's ridiculous. 
Stan Van Gundy even said it after the game. How is a guy who is in the paint 24-7 around Giannis, around Brooke Lopez, fighting for every point he gets, only going to the free throw line five times? Doesn't make any sense. And yeah, he's in his second year in the league, low market city. He's not going to get those calls now, but he will eventually. And that's when you're really going to see the spark of Zion Williamson if you don't see it already. I mean, the kid's averaging over 60% from the field per game. And I don't care if he doesn't shoot a ton of threes. He is smart enough to pick his spots on the floor and shoot when it matters most. And he's a clutch player. We saw against the Celtics, national TV, ABC. He's getting buckets down the stretch. He doesn't care who's in his way. And the offense now runs through him. Brandon Ingram was an all-star last year. And they have realized that, holy crap, this kid is so good. Let's get it to him in the post. And then everyone else get open when they inevitably double-team him. He is good enough with the ball in his hand to find you. Get you the ball, get points. That's why the Pelicans offense has been so good recently. And the defense will get corrected. He's big enough that he'll be able to handle his own. Yes, he'll get the occasional big block, but you know when he goes up against Giannis, that's a guy he'll be expected to stop in a year or two. This year it's tougher. Because Giannis is so good and he's so inexperienced. Still a young kid. But, I mean, there's no denying this kid has star power. And anyone who said last year that John Morant should have been the number one pick. Boy, go check out what Zion Williamson is doing this year for the New Orleans Pelicans. I think they're going to have a second half spike. I think they will make at least the play-in tournament, the top 10 seeds in the Western Conference. I don't care how good the conference is. There is just too much damn talent on this Pelicans team. And Zion Williamson will lead the ship for them. And they're going to be really, really good, not only this year, but for years to come. See, that's the difference. The Pelicans have young talent that I think works in today's NBA. And they have alphas, and they have superstars. Especially Zion Williamson. The the Celtics don't have that. Jason Tatum isn't an alpha to the point of Zion Williamson. Zion's just bigger. He does not care. He's smart. I think that's Jason Tatum's biggest knock. Is that he gets a little frantic with the ball. And, you know, he's just a skinnier kid. And yes, he has a great shot. He'll shoot better. He's shooting better now than Zion Williamson probably ever will. But when it comes to bully ball and being aggressive and you have to score two points, Zion Williamson will force his way into scoring points. And he will not let his team die. And I think he's better on the defensive side of the ball even now. So... The Pelicans have a very bright thing going for them. And, you know, they had to sacrifice giving up Anthony Davis. They got the best hole possible. Lonzo Ball looks great. Brandon Ingram is great. And they still got a lot of money to spend if they want to do so to get someone else over there. So, kudos to the Pelicans. I think they're going to be a team to watch out for in the second half of this NBA season. 
And, you know, they, they lost, obviously, the game last night to the Bucks, But before that, they were getting hot on a little bit of a winning streak. They had that big win over the Celtics on Sunday. I really like the Pelicans, and I love Zion Williamson. All right, let's talk about the All-Star game. We mentioned some All-Stars already in this show, Zion being one, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. My two biggest misses for All-Star reserves were, of course, Devin Booker, and I said it in the All-Star selection episode of the podcast that released Tuesday night, is that he was going to get in, Anthony Davis was never playing in the All-Star game, and Devin Booker was going to replace him. That's exactly what happened. He'll have the asterisk saying, filling in for Anthony Davis. Who cares? He deserves to be there. It's the second year in a row this has happened. But happy to see that Devin Booker gets the appreciation he deserves when, you know, he should have gotten it in the first place. But he has it now, and that's what matters. It came out today that Kevin Durant was not going to play in the All-Star game. He'll be out through the All-Star break and will return for the second half of the season. Already been missing some time. And it's my man DeMontis Zabonis from the Pacers making his second straight All-Star game. So I thought maybe he could have gotten in there for Jalen Brown, for a Nikola Vucevic, but he finds a spot in there. The Pacers are sending an All-Star to the All-Star game. It's only right that they get the respect they deserve. You know, one of the few handful of teams in the Eastern Conference that actually have a winning record. So it, it it's not fair that they didn't even have an all-star in the first place. I mean, you look at the Eastern Conference standings, they, they're 500, 15 and 15. And, you know, that's the fourth seed in the Eastern Conference. So, you know, they, they deserve to be sending an all-star there. Um, I think the only other option for the Eastern Conference was Trey Young. West, I don't even know. It, it had to be Devin Booker or there would have been an actual riot on this protest. I would have been just screaming my head off, complaining, memeing, and it wouldn't have been right. But, you know, the NBA got it right with the two guys coming in. I think the assumption is Giannis is going to be the captain because he led the fan vote for the, you know, the All-Star game along with LeBron James. It was supposed to be KD. Uh, I think it's definitely either Embiid or Giannis. I think Giannis won the fan vote, so it'll go to him. And uh, we're getting more All-Star Game news as the week progresses. We found out Obi Toppin, rookie for the New York Knicks out of Dayton, is going to be in the All-Star Game that will take place on All-Star Sunday. Everything happening in the one day. So that'll be exciting. We'll we'll break it down once all of that information becomes available. But congrats to Booker. Congrats to Sabonis. They both deserve to be in the game, and it's great to see that they get their spots. All right, uh, let's talk about, just quickly, I tweeted this out, at JP Hoops Pod. The NBA released the second half of their schedule. A couple of big notes. It starts on March 10th, which I believe is the Wednesday after the All-Star game. Uh, the first game's on national TV, March 11th, TNT doubleheader, Celtics Nets, Warriors Clippers, a couple of really good games to kick off the second half of the season. Really weird that we're only learning now about the second half of the schedule, but, you know, coronavirus here. They had to reschedule a ton of games, so I understand why, but 
it just baffles me that this is the world we're living in. April 4th, battle for LA. Lakers-Clippers take on each other. Expectation is that Anthony Davis will be back by then. Unless the Lakers decide to keep him out until the playoffs, which is my recommendation. But the initial diagnosis after he left uh, the game against the Nuggets was four weeks. So, you know, that four weeks from now will still be in March. This game on April 4th. And then middle of April, very interesting. The Lakers play the Jazz twice in three days. April 17th, April 9th. Doubleheader in Staples Center. We saw earlier this week on Wednesday, the Lakers played the Jazz in Utah. And, of course, the Lakers didn't have Anthony Davis. And the game was never even close. And the poor power rankings are coming out on the Tuesday episode of the podcast. I really, really, really like the Utah Jazz. I think it's suspect with their ceiling because they don't have a number one superstar. You know, Donovan Mitchell didn't score a basket until under two minutes left in the first half, and he's supposed to be the superstar of the team. But when he scored that first basket, they were up by 13 points on the Lakers, who just won the NBA championship last year. And I know they didn't have Anthony Davis, and it was something I kind of expected because, you know, the Jazz are so good inside with Rudy Gobert that they would dominate that aspect of the game. But they just click on so many different levels. Offense, defense, fast break, transition on both sides. They're so good. And it's going to be hard to stop them. I'll tell you that. No team plays as well on both sides of the floor as the Utah Jazz, top five in the league in offensive and defensive efficiency. No team ranks in the top 10 and simultaneously in both categories other than them. So, yeah, they're really, really good. And uh, watching them down the stretch is going to be very exciting. The playing tournament scheduled for May 18th to the 21st. As of now, of course, in a coronavirus world, Everything is subject to change. Uh, let's do a quick pour one out. Tobias Harris uh, was dealing with a leg injury. Uh, there was no structural damage, which is a very good sign. I don't think the expectation is he misses a ton of time. But as of right now, the 76ers are barely holding on to that one seed in the Eastern Conference. And, you know, if they don't have Tobias Harris, he is the second best scorer on that team. Uh, behind Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons is the facilitator. And obviously he can get his buckets when he needs to. But when you think about shooting, Tobias Harris is critical to their team's success. So you really hope if you're a Sixers fan that he doesn't miss too much time. Uh, other news, I talked on Wednesday's episode that the Lakers should really look at Boogie Cousins, who was officially released, I believe, on Wednesday. And uh, the Lakers just signed Damian Jones off waivers. I believe to only a 10-day contract. So, you know, maybe that puts the Lakers out of the boogie situation because Damon Jones, while he's not as good of a shooter, he does a lot of the same things as boogie and provides a bit more defense. So when you think of other potential landing spots for boogie, you know, maybe he could play a, a backup to Rudy Gobert on the Jazz, even though I don't think they need any more help. Uh I think the Clippers is another interesting option. He's going to go to a contender, and he's not going to be a starter on any contender, if you ask me. 
but there are going to be teams that are interested and I am it's going to be really fascinating to see where he goes and for what type of deal because he did prove in Houston he could play a little bit you know kind of a shell of his old self but he could get it done and I I hope to see him go to a contender and actually try and compete for a championship remember when he tried ring chasing with Golden State when you know, it was the year that the Warriors lost to the Raptors. Of course, Kevin Durant ruptured the Achilles. Klay Thompson tore the ACL. Boogie just thought he was joining the team to get a championship ring. Uh, he didn't. He winds up getting the ring with the Lakers in a situation where he didn't even play. But, you know, I want to see DeMarcus Cousins on the floor because basketball is better with him part of it. I would have loved to see him run the show with John Wall. But, you know, I think the Rockets are doing everything very smart and uh, kind of mapping out their future as they realize they got rid of any shot they had of winning in the present when they traded James Harden. All right, we'll do schedule for the weekend and we will get out of here. I'll talk to you guys again on Tuesday with some fun information, hopefully coming out over the weekend, beginning of the week, next week as well. Friday night, doubleheader, Pacers, Celtics, been talking about it. It's a big game for the Celtics, another national TV game. They have to turn it around. They're, you know, two games under 500, ninth place in the Eastern Conference. Gotta start winning these games. You cannot be the Boston Celtics who have been trying to get to the NBA Finals over the last five years badly, and you're now behind the Knicks, the Bulls, the Hornets. You can't be doing it. Big game against the 500 Indiana Pacers who are currently in the fourth seed and newly named All-Star DeMontis Sabonis. Nightcap, Blazers-Lakers, rematch of the first round of the Western Conference Finals last year. Saturday night, ABC Primetime, Mavericks at Nets. Luka Doncic has been clicking, trying to make a case for MVP, trying to get the Mavericks back into this playoff conversation. They're taking on the big bad Nets. No Kevin Durant, but no problem. The Nets have won eight straight games, seven of those without KD. Sunday, ABC 330 game, Clippers at Bucks, Kawhi versus Giannis, going to be an awesome one. And then Warriors-Lakers take the night game on ESPN. Uh, you know, the, the Lakers are a tough, tough to judge right now. No Anthony Davis. LeBron kind of seems uninterested. He is trying his best, though. No matter how interested LeBron James looks, he's always going to be the best player on the floor. So it'll be a fun one. Steph Curry versus LeBron James Sunday night. Monday, Jazz Pelicans on NBA TV. Maybe the best team in the league against a team who has been surging over the last couple of uh, weeks. Uh, had the big primetime loss yesterday, but looking to make up for it and will make a statement if they do win that game against the number one seed in the NBA. And then Hornets Blazers, LaMelo Ball versus Damian Lillard, the nightcap on NBA TV Monday. All right, Tuesday episode of the podcast next week. Horror Power Rankings, first episode of March. Last full episode of the podcast before the All-Star break. Have something special coming to you with the great people of Book It Sports for Friday before the All-Star game. Really looking forward to showing you guys the fun stuff we've been trying to cook up. I appreciate y'all. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the weekend, and I'll talk to you next time.
Thank you.